You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Locked On Clippers podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Han. Today is Friday, April 28th, 2017, and tonight, just a few hours from now, is Game 6 of the Clippers' first-round series against the Utah Jazz, where they'll basically be playing for their season if the Clippers lose tonight. They go home, not like home back to Staples Center, but like home home for the summer. It's done. If the Clippers win tonight, they go home back to Staples Center for Game 7. And if they win that game, they'll have the privilege of taking one day off and then going to Oakland for Game 1 on Tuesday night of that second round series. So it's going to, you know, it's a gauntlet ahead for the Clippers. But what you have to do really is just focus on one game at a time try to win to stay alive every game is an elimination game for the rest of this series these next two games if you lose either you go home and then you worry in my mind you know i've been talking for months about second round matchup with the warriors getting healthy whatever but that's largely because i'm so removed from the team but very much the mindset of the team especially right now has to be survive just survive And if you get to game one and you're tired and beat up and you lose by 40, you lose by 40. But you'd rather get there than not get there, if that makes sense. Um, And I know there's some people who actually might even disagree with that. But I'm going to say the season's more successful if you get to the second round and lose to the Warriors. Because we all along expected the Clippers to lose to the Warriors. Losing to a team like the Jazz would be much more worrying in the long term. So I'm not going to make this episode too long. Obviously, we're coming... A little late in the afternoon with about five and a half hours until game time at the time of this recording but so so we're not going to do a full in-depth breakdown and like I mentioned in the last few episodes we've been talking about this Clippers jazz matchup for well over a month now because we knew that they were going to play each other with weeks and weeks remaining in the regular season and this first round series has been so spread out with now coming off of the third straight double off day of the series it's just been Clippers Jazz Clippers Jazz the same matchups rehashing the same things but of course in between every game a couple of minor things change so obviously due to some like I said a little bit of fatigue with over analyzing this Clippers Jazz matchup but also due to some crazy school stuff as I'm getting near to the end of the my semester as you know, if you're a regular listener of the show, I canceled yesterday's episode Thursday. Today's episode Friday is coming a little short and late. But what I'm considering doing to partially make up for that and partially just provide adequate coverage is post a podcast sometime this weekend, depending on whether the Clippers win or lose tonight. So if they win, obviously it would be a Game 6 recap, Game 7 preview sometime Saturday. If they lose, probably also sometime Saturday, just discussing what happened, the series in retrospect, breaking down game six, and a little bit of a preview of moving forward, although obviously we will have months and months to talk about the summer once the final basketball has been played. So I'm thinking about doing that. I'm not sure about it. If I know a lot of people listen to this show in the car on their drive to and from work, which is why it's really well-suited from Monday through Friday. So let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at LucasJHan or email me lhan.clipsnation at gmail.com. Let me know if you would enjoy a Saturday show. Maybe you think, you know, it's fine. Just wait and cover it all on Monday. And yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll probably put out something on Twitter 
tonight or tomorrow letting you guys know if there will be a new episode coming or not over the weekend. But partially just because I had to cancel that Thursday episode, this Friday episode is coming late, and it's such a huge turning point in the season, the Clippers will either be forcing a crucial Game 7 or eliminated. It seems like a, a moment to cover if there's going to be an audience for it. Now, there isn't a whole ton to talk about on the basketball side for tonight's game that we haven't talked about a lot. One thing that I think is going to be interesting will be if Mo Spates remains in the starting lineup. Now, Mo hasn't played especially well since replacing Blake in the starting lineup, but he's still probably the Clippers' most reliable guy at that spot unless they're going to go very small and play Luke and Bamute at power forward, which would mean likely going with Austin Rivers at small forward. I think the Clippers will probably still start Mo because I have a feeling that Quinn Snyder is going to stay with his big starting lineup with Diaw and Gobert next to each other, and in that sense... You know, with, with that lineup, it makes sense to play two big guys. You don't want to play Luke and Bamute against Boris Diaw. That's a waste. And so I think Doc will probably stay with the big starting lineup, but I am expecting to see him go a lot smaller in this game. We saw this last year in Game 6 when the Clippers were down 3-2. Doc realized he had to turn away from defense a little bit, play with a much more offense-oriented lineup, really put his crutches out on the floor more in an elimination game. And I expect that we'll see some of that tonight. So I think the rotation will largely consist of those five guards that we know Doc Rivers really trusts, Paul, Felton, Reddick, Crawford, and Rivers. And I think at times we'll see four of those guys or three of those guys plus Luke and Bamute playing together alongside DeAndre Jordan. And then I think we'll see... DeAndre Jordan briefly relieved by Mo Spates. And again, I think Mo Spates will play a few minutes of power forward when Boris Diaw is in the game. But ultimately, I think Doc's going to rely largely on Luke Mbamute and Paul Pierce at that power forward spot. And then Luke Mbamute and Austin Rivers at the small forward spot. Just going smaller, leaning more heavily on the guys that he trusts in big ways which I think means he'll actually turn away from the deep bench guys like Wesley Johnson and Brandon Bass and possibly even turn away from a guy like Luke Mbamute, who, as effective as he's been in the series, isn't likely to bring you much on the offensive end. And the Clippers, regardless of Luke's individual defensive contribution, haven't been able to defend that small ball jazz lineup as a team. And so it's easy to see Doc going for stretches where he decides to sort of punt that and say, if we're not stopping them anyway, why do I have Luke out there on offense instead of Jamal? Let's just try to score with them. That's what we saw him do in game six of the Portland series last year. Obviously, that game was a little different because not only was Blake Griffin out, but Chris Paul was out, and so the Clippers were desperately searching for some offensive creation and having to play guards more heavily, but it's a trend I'd watch for tonight. Doc going extra small, leaning more heavily on those crutch guys than... I mean, he leans on them pretty heavily, but leaning really heavily on them in this case. Now, there's just one more point that I want to make in this show before we head into what could be the last Clippers game of the season, the last Clippers game of this era, the last Clippers game where we see Chris Paul or J.J. Redick in a Clippers jersey. Obviously, it's possible with Blake Griffin's injury that we've already seen the last of him in a Clippers jersey, but tonight could potentially mark the end of an era, not just any era, but the best, unequivocally best 
era of Clippers basketball ever. And regardless of your opinion on if changes need to be made, if the team needs to be blown up to rebuild, I think it's appropriate for all of us as Clippers fans to take a moment and really appreciate what we've seen over the last five years. The Los Angeles Clippers, San Diego Clippers, Buffalo Braves, in their existence, have won 50 games in a season five times. And it has been each of the last five seasons. That's remarkably special. That's a remarkably special thing that these players in this core have brought to this franchise in terms of respectability and success that it has never had before. And it's something that they've brought to us as Clippers fans, and it's something that we have, in whatever minor role, been a part of. We've experienced it firsthand. We're not looking back on the success of you know, the ninth, a team in 1962 that did something great. We are living and will be remembering this firsthand experience of this miraculous five-year stretch of basketball. And again, even if you think that it's time to move on from this core, I think everyone that's a Clippers fan should be able to appreciate what this core has brought and really appreciate that this could be the last game of them together. And the reason why I think that's so important is because we're going to have years, decades, 25 years from now, we'll be looking back and saying, the Chris Paul Clippers, why didn't they break through? What, what went wrong? What's their legacy? We're going to be talking about this group, this last six-year stretch with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin for the rest of time. This is the most compelling chapter in Clippers history by far. And even if they have a great future ahead of them with a different group of guys, we're going to remember this as the start, as the culture change. I think Adrian Wojnarowski of The Vertical had an amazing video diary where he talked about what Blake Griffin has meant for the culture change, how without Blake Griffin, there would be no Chris Paul, there would be no Doc Rivers. These guys would not have come here, which means DeAndre Jordan would not have broken out, J.J. Redick would not have been here. And now we're talking about several of the most influential people and best players in franchise history that would have never come here if it wasn't to play alongside Blake Griffin. So I think that that was actually amazing. Um, Kevin Arnovitz of ESPN, who used to run Clipper Blog, had a great piece out today that I'm really looking forward to reading. I've heard that it is really amazing about the future of this Clippers team. And Zach Lowe on his podcast today was with David Locke, who obviously I had on my podcast a couple weeks ago, the radio announcer for the Utah Jazz. They talk a lot of Clippers jazz. So if you're a Clippers fan, you're thirsting for content, getting ready for this last, you know, what could be the last game of the season tonight, I would definitely check out that Adrian Wojnarowski video essay, Kevin Arnovitz article, and the Zach Lowe podcast with David Locke. And the reason why I think it's important to indulge yourselves in this content is because this is a potentially our last chance. And I get a lot of trade rumors sent to me all season long. We should sign this guy next summer. We should save cap space and go after this guy three years from now. Whatever. People send that stuff to me all the time. And it's something that every writer gets, but especially because I'm so focused on the salary cap during the offseason, people really want to send their ideas to me. 
And I appreciate that, and I enjoy it. I, I greatly enjoy the NBA offseason, the salary cap, figuring out a strategy, saving money, all of that stuff, loopholes, everything. You, you know, if you guys have followed my articles over the last several years, you know that I really go in depth on it. But ultimately, we're here for basketball. There would be no salary cap if there wasn't basketball being played behind it or in front of it. But my point is, if the Clippers lose this game tonight, we're going to have two full months before free agency begins. Even if they win this game and then lose in Game 7, we're going to have two full months between the end of the Clippers' last game and the opening of free agency to discuss what they should do with their guys, what guys they should go after, any trades they should pursue, all of it. And we're going to drive ourselves crazy talking about it. And trust me, by the time July 1st gets here, we're going to be sick of it because there is nothing else to talk about. But today... We have a basketball game to talk about. And if the Clippers win, we have another basketball game to talk about this weekend. And if they win that one too, we'll have a series to talk about for the next week. And that is vastly more entertaining than any of the salary cap math and any future free agent potentiality or hypothetical trade. Whatever plan you know that you want to throw out there, five-year plan, hire this GM, hire this coach, none of it is as exciting as a basketball game. And so even if the Clippers lose tonight and they're eliminated, my call to action to all of you listening as Clippers fans is to just take today, this afternoon after you listen to this, and tonight while the Clippers are playing this game, and even if the Clippers lose after the game and into tomorrow and maybe a couple of days, to appreciate what we have in this moment because like I said we're going to have months to talk about the summer stuff but we might only have 38 minutes left of watching one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game wear a Clippers jersey and that is remarkably special it is a profound privilege to watch Chris Paul play for your favorite team and I as much as I love the offseason I hate the idea that so many Clippers fans are out there sending me tweets, sending me emails, sending me texts about what's going to happen two months from now instead of living in the moment and appreciating this really unique spectacle that we get to see from our favorite team every time they take the floor. Now hopefully Chris Paul signs that five-year $200 million deal and he's back for five more seasons and by the time he's out there playing with a walker we're sick of him I want him to be on the Clippers until we're sick of him until he retires but if he does leave if the Clippers decide to make a change or if he decides to make a change I would hate to think that we spent our last few hours last few days of being able to appreciate his on-court basketball contributions we spent those thinking about who we should be trading Blake Griffin for two months from now or who we should be signing with the cap space or who we should we should be picking in the draft next year since we don't even have a pick this year that stuff is all important it's all relevant we can talk about all of it 
But right now, let's appreciate this basketball product. J.J. Redick, who knows if he's going to have a good game tonight or not because he's struggled in this series. But J.J. Redick is one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time and the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the Clippers. So we've got the greatest, one of the greatest point guards of all time and the greatest point guard in the history of the Clippers and one of the greatest shooters of all time and the greatest shooter in the history of the Clippers, both potentially playing their last game in an LAC uniform tonight. So please do not tweet at me about Paul George signing with the Clippers in free agency or about trading Blake Griffin for this package from Orlando or that package from Denver. We're here for the basketball first. I mean, we're all here because we love basketball. So watch these guys play and really take it in and appreciate it. It's beautiful. If you just sit back and you don't worry about big picture things and you just enjoy the game, if you enjoy your love for the game, watching these two play is beautiful. Watching DeAndre Jordan when he's engaged is beautiful. Even Jamal Crawford, who I'm highly critical of, is an incredibly beautiful basketball player to watch. His game is so smooth when he's playing well. So let's take this opportunity tonight in what could be our last opportunity for six months to see the Clippers play and could be our last opportunity ever to see Chris Paul and J.J. Redick and even other guys who aren't as big who we love like Luke Mbamute and Raymond Felton and Mo Spates. It could be our last opportunity to see them in a Clippers jersey. So let's appreciate that. That's my, that's my plead to to the listeners of this podcast and to the Clippers fan base tonight. Let's appreciate what we've got tonight and worry about what we should have or are going to get when we get there. Again, I'm considering doing a Saturday podcast to talk about what happens in tonight's game, potentially preview a game seven if we get there. Otherwise, kind of look ahead to the murky offseason and look back at what, did, what happened in this series, what went wrong. So if you think that's a good idea, if you'd rather me hold off and save that content for Monday's episode, tweet at me at LucasJahan, email me lhan.clipsnation at gmail.com so I can make a programming decision. I'll tweet out tonight and let you guys know if there's going to be a show or not. And as always, if you just have any general comments, questions, or feedback about the show, again, at LucasJahan on Twitter, lhan.clipsnation at gmail.com is my email and to get ready for all the epic coverage of tonight's game again it could be the last game of the season for the Clippers the Clips Nation blog at Clips Nation SBN on Twitter ClipsNation.com on just the blog ClipsNation.com and on Facebook just type ClipsNation in the Facebook search bar I am planning on doing a halftime live question and answer to talk about how the game is going and then on doing a post-game live question and answer to talk about either an amazing road win to force game seven or a devastating and disappointing end to the season that came far too soon. But either way, I am planning on doing halftime and post-game Facebook Live. So make sure you like the Clips Nation page on Facebook. Make sure you turn on those notifications so that it'll pop up on your phone when I go live. And make sure to just be active on Twitter and in the Facebook comments. Send me questions, engage. You know, I love hearing from you guys and making this more of a, of a dialogue than a monologue, if you will. So thank you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening all season long. Thank you to those of you who are going to be listening on Monday, even if the Clippers season is over. 
And thank you to everyone who is going to join me tonight in not worrying about the future, even as it hangs over our head, but really relishing this moment and the chance we have to watch an amazing basketball game. This is Lucas Hand signing off for Locked on Clippers.